Bags down, spikes on, welcome to the track. Hi, my name is Colin Waitsman. I'm going to be your host for this episode of Track World News presented by the Harrier. And today, very special episode. Uh, we have a recently ratified U20 world record holder in the 400 meter hurdles, a sophomore over at LSU, Bowerman's semi finalist, as well as a world athletics. Uh, rising star finalist also, uh, Sean Burrell. Uh, Sean, thanks for, for joining us, man. Really appreciate it. Uh, thank you for having me. Me life. No problem. No problem. Well, uh, before we get into any of your, your track things, I know a lot of people are probably wondering, because it's on the LSU website as well, uh, your nickname, Squirrel. It's uh, Sean Squirrel Burreller, saying it all the time at the NCAA championship. Uh, where did you get that? How, how did you get, uh, you know, Squirrel as your, your nickname there? Squirrel been my nickname since probably like age of two or three years old. I was at daycare and uh, I went to a daycare where my dad's friend mother worked there. So my dad friend would always joke around, say that I'm fast, I'm small, and I looked like one because they had a little playground in the backyard. I always just be running around active and he was just saying, Oh, he looked like a squirrel oh, and just be joking around. So ever since then, it pretty much stuck with me and the name grew and popped more so during the track because of the speed with it. There you go. Yeah, I, I've, they were saying it the, the entire time. So it, it's good to hear that it was a good thing, though. It's not it wasn't it didn't come out from a bad reason. So it makes sense running uh, running fast like a squirrel, man. Uh, I know you're you're also really interested in. Uh, you know, the outdoors and, and fishing. I mean, how did you get, uh, you know, interested in, in doing that, you know, in your, your free time? My parents, mainly my dad, he bought a boat when he was, I want to say, around 22, 23. Him and his, uh, one of his close friends, they had bought, bought a boat at the same time, and they just loved to fish, and that's what he raised us and brought us on, up on. So at last year, me... My, me and my both of my brothers, we all put in some money to buy a boat ourselves, and we uh we go out with our parents. They take their boat, we take our boat, and fishing is pretty much like a release of stress or anything tension. Where I'm tired, I just go fishing. I had a long day of practice, long week of practice, the weekends. Pretty much when we off, I just go out there, go fish, throw a line and stuff, just. Relax outside, enjoy the weather pretty much. Will you be going this weekend, uh, fishing at all? Oh, uh, I probably will be going tomorrow because we have a home game playing ULM, and I don't think it's a big game, so I'll probably go early in the morning after practice and then just come back and chill. There you go. What's the uh, what's the biggest fish that you've ever caught? Uh, I know I've tried going fishing a couple times when I was a kid. Never caught anything. Just got really frustrated with it. I was like, I mean, I don't have the patience for this, but <laughs> I'm sure you probably caught a, a couple of big ones uh, in your day. Uh, Saltwater-wise, I'd probably say redfish. I don't even know the weight, to be honest. It's been a little minute since I've been saltwater fishing. But freshwater, i say I caught a five-pound bass at the uh, heaviest for the bass-wise. Catfish, it ranged. I think I had a 20-pound catfish. And that's pretty much it. Ooh. So, 
how, how long are you, you fighting it with, uh, like the, the catfish and they can put up a fight. How long is it taking you to, to actually getting it in, man? It took me a little minute because I exiled bass fish at that time and it had been on my chatter bait. So I really have a, a heavy, strong pole. So I was just like letting it tire itself out a little bit. And then eventually it tired itself out and I got it in. Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, yeah, great hearing some of the stuff. Excited to hear if you got any good, uh, good fishing stories from this weekend. We'll, we'll have to see. But um, so Want to want to get started with where you kind of got started with track? Like, what got you interested in in running uh, originally? Originally, track wasn't even the focus point. I was playing baseball all the way up until the age of ten or eleven, and actually, I went on a, a vacation with my family, and uh, I missed the. Then I, I thought it was the week afterward when we come back, but I didn't go. So I was always hyper, always moving around. And my parents like, we had to put you in something. So a coach had brought a, brought a flyer to her school and said, if you have any athletes that want to do track, then you can sign them up right here. So she signed me up for track. And in my first meet, I broke the meet record in the one, two, and the four. And I still was just taking it as, oh, I'm just doing it for a year and then I'm going back to baseball. Cause I was still doing baseball training. Cause I was like, track is, track is just running me. Like you just running in a circle. You're not really having fun with baseball. So it eventually caught on to me cause I went to nationals that year. And I, I was always running to my competition. So if I had somebody on the side of me then I'd run as fast as them run just a little bit faster than just to beat them. So we got all the way to nationals and I was in the third to last heat. So I ran and I won my heat, but to make it to the finals, you had to run by time. So the second and last heat, they ran faster than me. I think second fastest he had three or four people. I forgot, but eventually I got ninth place overall that year and my parents was like okay well we see what you could do we know what you could do and it's just off of pure just running around playing around so we're gonna keep you in track instead of putting me in baseball and I wasn't really found to just keep doing track but I was like well if I did good this time then I guess I could just keep going so eventually it just kept going and kept going until now yeah I mean, I know you're also uh, on top of being, you know, into to baseball as well. Well, I guess here first, before we get into that, I know that uh, Terrence Laird was also big into baseball. Uh, also, you guys talk about, talk about baseball a lot before he had, uh, you know, turned pro last year? Uh, no, I really talk about baseball. Uh, I actually joined my baseball team at my high school my freshman year, but it interfered with track. So I really talk about baseball as much as I would like to at practice, but Every so often, you'll catch me just swinging with my arm, just playing around, just swinging. Yeah, maybe, maybe you have to hop on the uh, the baseball team, get, get in the batting cage one time for LSU, see what's going on. Absolutely. <laughs> awesome, man. Uh, and so, um, was interested in uh, you know how this training cycle has been for you. I know you guys are about halfway through this this fall training, uh, coming off a really good uh, you know freshman year. How are things um, so far going for you uh, this season? This training season, I look at as this is 
it's pretty much the building block of the long season we're gonna have here. So pretty much this this fall training, we do a lot of work. I work on more so technique. So when we're doing the hurdle drills, I make sure I have my trail leg right, my lead leg right. Just constantly having my toe pointed out to the side, but tuck and driving my knee up instead of out. Um, Weight-wise, make sure I'm doing the right technique for it. And treatment. Treatment is probably by far the biggest thing that I focus on, whereas I go into treatment training room and before practice, after practice, I go see our team doctor uh, each Thursday and just make sure that I just keep the maintenance up. And not just me, but we all as a group, make sure that everyone's healing, healthy. And if something, if somebody's feeling something, then we're not gonna say don't do the workout, but we're gonna say, know your body, take it, take it slow. If you, if you feeling something, you could do the rep, just don't run, don't run too hard or just throw the pace that you can do just to get, just get the feeling of, you know, keeping the endurance up. Yeah. It's a, it's a long season ahead of you. You got a, a lot of a months going on. I mean, you can, if you, if you play, play your cards right, could be competing in, you know, the, the world championship next summer. So it's like, you don't want to injure yourself now because that's going to only be magnified when it, when it matters during championship season. So you want to keep, keep your body right. No, makes, uh, makes sense. Well, I, I know going into LSU, you, you had done hurdles, but you had never done the 400 meter hurdles before, uh, from what it looked like. I mean, what, what made you go into it? Was it your coach bringing that up to you or did you go up to your coach? Like, how did you get introduced to the, the 400 meter hurdles originally? Well, I mean, down here we had 300 hurdles and I wanted to run it in a trade meet, but all thing was the 400, 300 hurdles was back to back. And they wanted me to focus on the 400 because I had just got the state record my sophomore year. They wanted me to focus on it and keep breaking, break it again. And I wanted to do 300 hurdles. So my senior year, I was going to actually just forget the 400 for that time and do the 300 hurdles in state, but COVID happened. So when that happened, I talked to the coaches when I was getting recruited, I was telling them where before I was telling them before COVID, I was telling them I want to do 400 hurdles because I was going to do 300 hurdles as at the uh, outdoor that year. That year, and Coach Benny, he was he was all aboard for it because of course he was the 400 hurdler up here, and uh, he was just always above and just wanted to do it because he he always joked around talking about yeah I got the record so you know so that's pretty much what actually when we first got on campus. That was one of the main things he was talking about. He was like, we don't understand that we're going to do 400. We're going to do 400 plenty of times, but at the end of the day, we're going to do 400 hertz. We're going to try to work on 400 hertz, and we're going to see how you progress. And if you do great in it, then we're going to keep you in it for nationals. But if you're not doing it, then we for sure know that you're a good 400 running. We'll just keep you in the 400. Yeah. And to – Let's flash back a, a little bit with that, because so choosing LSU, um, I know before uh, in your high school year, you actually were, were looking into doing both football and track at, at the same time before you got into uh, an injury and then decided to focus in, you know, on, on track. I mean, what was that you know, decision process like to, you know, first saying, hey, we're, we're going to go all in on track and then next the, you know, choosing between all those major schools of 
you know, like the Oregon's, Texas, Florida's, and then eventually, you know, going with, uh, with LSU there? I would say when I was still doing football that it was not as much pressure because I was getting offers, but it wasn't like all the SEC offer was Texas and then I talked to Coach Jimbo Fisher at the time, but I wasn't like big name schools. I had talked to Alabama and LSU for it, but I never really like was offered it because that was my junior year. That was my first year playing corner of my junior year. I, was, I had made a name for myself, but it wasn't all the way out there, said the stones. So I was eventually like, I was just keep going, keep going. And the summer of my senior year, that's why I got another ankle injury. And I was just coming off of the ankle injury at the state game. And that's just the decision because I was saying, well, for sure I got these track offers on deck, right? Like everybody offered me right here. But I have people talk to me, but they're not offering me yet in football. So I was saying, I talked to my parents, and it was like, you just got to weigh your options. And I was, it was a hard decision to stop playing football because I still look back at it and like, I could be out there. But at the same time, knowing how my body is and what I'm doing out here now, it, it kind of was a good decision. And then when it comes to just picking the school for track, I'll probably say that was by far one of the hardest decisions that I made my in high school, really, in the younger days. That was probably the hardest decision because all the schools that I visited, they were just top notch, regardless. Like I've been to LSU plenty of times, but I never really got the full view of like I just was on the outside looking in because I was just you know in state, so I just got a little bit of a view. But visiting all the other schools, talk to all the coaches, look at the weight rooms, the track, the different ways of how everyone did different workouts. Whereas I know at UT they had a camera that showed the amount of force that you put push back up from your squats. At Oregon they had the same thing and. Florida, Florida had many coaches, plenty of the coaches out there just watching and just paying attention there. Up here, uh, LSU, you have Coach Boo, Coach Shaver, Coach Man, all the coaches, and Coach Boo, just a guru with everything that you do. And it's just, you have all these options and you have to bring it all to just one school that's going to complete you. And I say what brought me all the way to LSU, it, it brought me down to LSU and Florida because both of the teams, I felt like both of those two teams was like family. And that's like what really caught the eye because I mean, all the schools, yeah, every school was top notch. You got good athletes on there, but at the end of the day, who hung out with each other the most, who just made it like feel welcome was LSU and Florida. So I didn't tell Florida, that was not going to go there until, I want to say, two days before signing day. Because I was talking to both schools, and I was I told all the other schools a week and a half before that I was going there. But out of LSU of Florida, there was, a, like, two closest. And I don't even know the deciding factor. Like, it was just, it was just tough deciding the factor between both the schools. But 
at the end of the day, I'm still cool with the Florida coaches, the Florida teammates. Um, every time we go to trade meet, I talk to coaches. We we act like we still family. So that's pretty much how it is. Yeah, well, you had a great freshman year, so it looks like you did make a a good decision, uh, at least so far. Uh, yeah, you definitely had a great great year so far. And and you were talking about that, you know, really felt like family, especially at LSU, and something that we've seen a lot of, uh, especially at the NCAA championship, was that you know the camaraderie and you guys really supporting each other. I think in every single video or of them like showing, you know, uh, an LSU athlete competing. There's at least five of you guys like watching in the stands or you can hear you guys, you know, everywhere. Um, could you kind of touch on what that experience was like? Um, you know, you guys really coming, showing up and showing out, you know, at the, the NCAAs, uh, especially, you know, yourself too. I feel as the energy level that we have at enemy really where, Regardless, when I was hurt at indoor SECs, I made sure that I was right there with Coach Benny yelling when when Noah was running, just running around that curve. When Terrence running 200, I'm making sure I'm right there yelling right on the side of the track, just yelling. Then when they finished, I'm running down the hobbling because hamstring still hurt, hobbling down the uh, celebrating with them. I have a picture of uh, me and Noah jumping up. I, I probably sent it to you, but I got a picture of me and him jumping up after he just won the, I think it was Nationals, or it was either Nationals or SEC uh, 400. But the energy level that we all bring with each other, it just, that what makes everybody want to be better. Want to make everybody just compete. After my Forge hurdle race, you can see Javon saying, oh yeah, that's it. You see my other roommate, Sean, Triple jumping, he, oh yeah, on the side of the track, you see everybody stands right there, come run down. We already sitting on first three levels. They all come down to the gate right there, dabbing everybody down. And I feel as that energy level that we all bring to the track, that energy level is, it starts at the track practice. And practice every day, we, we all stretching, we all laughing around and the energy level, we all talk, we all, going against each other. We we going to compete every time. And I just feel like that energy level brings brings everybody the best, bring the best out of everybody. Yeah, it's it's something really cool just about the like that LSU, like the mindset that y'all have where everyone's, you know, they have that the energy's top of the notch. Everyone's confident, like, no, I'm gonna get out there and, and do my thing and and then do uh just something special watching you guys uh compete like that. Um, and so wanted to then talk about your your in your outdoor NCAA championship race. So with that, you broke the U20 world record just recently ratified NCAA champion with a time of what was it? 4785. Um, could you break that race down for us? Like how how was it that like what was going through your head during those 40, 48, 44, what, 48 seconds? <laughs> um, going through my head, I was. I was nervous because at the beginning, like, I didn't check in on time. <laughs> I didn't check into the race on time. So I had, like, when they was calling us to go line up or get ready to go get our bib numbers, I mean, our hip numbers, that's why I checked in. And she was like, I don't know what happened, 
or why you're not already checked in, but we're going to have to talk to the head official. So at that time, my stomach dropped. I wasn't even thinking. I was just out there. And once they said I could run, I went out there and I went over my first hurdle. And I just, I wasn't feeling, I wasn't feeling the best. But at the same time, I was like, they gave me the opportunity to run. So I'm going to have to take it. And I knew that if I take my first five hurdles, then I pretty much set up the race for myself because I knew my finish is always going to be strongest. Because as I run a 400, I always had a strong 200 finish. My last 200 always was strongest. So if I set up the race at the beginning, I felt as it was going to be tough for anybody to catch me. So pretty much I just got out, got out. And after my third hurdle, and the thought in my head was, you have to keep going. You have to keep going. You got to gotta get over these second two hard. You have to keep keep running hard. So that was my, my thought in my head right there, the second two. I mean, at those two, going over the fifth hurdle, got to sixth hurdle. I was like, okay, you can't relax, but you got to keep going. Got six to seven. And when I got to eighth hurdle, I was like, oh, man. And I stutter stepped a little bit. So at that moment, I was like, oh, everybody's coming, everybody's coming. So I dropped my head down a little bit and I started just pumping my arms hard. And I go over hurdle nine clean, hurdle 10, I grazed a little bit, but I just know after I got over hurdle nine, I pumped my arms harder and harder. And hurdle 10, it was just give it all you got until the end. And I didn't know I was gonna, I didn't even know that the time was gonna be 47. I was thinking that I was running my regular time, but as I looked at the clock, that's that's when everything changed. Like when I crossed the finish line, I looked at the clock and that's when it hit me that I broke my time by a whole second. And I didn't know that was uh under 20 record. I just knew that it was fast. Yeah. What when did you realize or when were you told like, hey, you broke a you under 20 world record? And what what was going through your head at that point? Um I was told that I broke the under 20 record when we was getting a trophy and they say I had to take a, a drug test. <laughs> so when they said I had to take a drug test, it was like, oh, well, you got to take a drug test. I said, I got to take a drug test. And I was like, yeah, you broke the record. I said, what record I broke? And it said, under 20 world record. I said, oh. So when they told me that, that's when I recognized it. I was like, I broke the record. And I was like, oh, well, yay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, we was already celebrating, so we were just extra celebration. Oh, well, just keep going. There you go. Uh, and so this year was really like the year of the 400-meter hurdles. I mean, you had yourself, Rye Benjamin, Warholm on the women's side, McLaughlin, Muhammad, Bowl, like just a lot of really great performances coming out of the 400-meter hurdles. I mean, what, what's it like for you, um, you know, seeing that, like, hey, this is getting really, really competitive um on on both sides of the the aisle um yeah what's it what's it like for you being in that mix of athletes that are really all rising together at the same time that mix right there is it was just like i wouldn't even say uh, it was a dream come true and seeing that i was at the top with the great athletes that have been named all around just been knowing that they were up there 
it was it was nice to hear that. And at the same time, I was going out there saying, okay, well, if you know that you're doing this, then you're gonna have to compete against them and you gotta compete against Grace. So you have to do all the right things. And I was I was good about it, but at the trials, I just didn't, I didn't take it, I took it serious, but at the same time, I was too relaxed in my uh my prelims race. I was I looked at the times of my heat and I was like, okay, well, these are the times of my heat. It ain't like too fast. So I would relax and that's what caught me slipping. And if I could take one lesson from trials is you you can't really take off the gas pedal and hurdles. You have to keep going hard because if you looked at Rye Race at the same in his prelim, he was stutter stepping a little bit because he was going out slow a little bit. So I feel as if I learned one thing, you have to just run the race the same way every time where it doesn't have to be full speed, but it has to be the same steps, the same power. And knowing that all these great athletes are up there and I'm actually with them, it's, it's a good feeling. But I also know that I have to work because nothing's going to be given to me. And just as I'm going for them, they're going for me. And they want to be on top. I want to be on top as well. Yeah, it's there's a lot of uh, it's really it's going to get really close uh, up at the top as you see a lot of the, the college guys starting to graduate or get older. And then obviously you have the, the you know the top couple guys there. Just going to get more and more competitive. Uh, very excited to see how this this year is coming up. But um. Yeah, for, for you, looking forward, now you're going into your, your sophomore season. What, uh, what kind of goals do you have uh, for yourself, uh, you know, written out? What are you looking forward to, to doing this, this year at LSU? First goal is just staying healthy, maintaining my body, just knowing that it's a long season ahead and you can't just get caught up in the moment of, Oh, this one meet, you gotta go hard. You gotta go hard every meet where yeah, you wanna you wanna win every every race you do, but at the same time, you don't wanna run too many races where at the end of the season you're just torn to pieces. But I for sure wanna focus on doing a 200 a few times just to work on speed work, just and practice do drop down group one and do some speed work in order to pick up speed. Cause I really want to drop down to 13 steps in between each hurdle. Right now I'm at 14 and that's Austin in each leg, every other hurdle. So drop down 13 and just be a dominant finisher in 400 hurdles. And uh, do the 200 a few times. I haven't did 200 since my junior year of high school in a competition-wise. So for sure I want to do that. And do the 400 a little bit more too. But most definitely one thing that I really want, and it's not just for me, but it's a team is for we to get some redemption in the four by four, both indoor and outdoor, because we just we was too dominant last year to be having second fastest time in both indoor and outdoor, where we don't make it to finals at all. Like not even making the finals. And that's I wouldn't even say the blame is on anybody, but I take the blame myself. Well, was it uh Cause I know, I think on the outdoors, did, I don't know if you guys, did you guys run a heat in the prelims or was that, I can't remember if you guys did, or did you? Yeah, we ran a heat in the prelims and okay. like I said, we didn't make the finals. And that's, that's just 
something that we we can't do if we had the second fast time both indoor and outdoor is just we can't fold at the end of the season where we not make finals because if we look at the season we had last year we could have put up for sure 100 points with the people we had but the, we had just little minor errors and I take the blame for both indoor and outdoor four by four not making finals Gotcha. Well, you know, we're, we're excited to see how, how you guys do this year. Uh, before we close out, I have one more question for you. If you, you're following uh, you on Instagram, uh, which you guys definitely should, you've noticed you got a lot of, uh, you're definitely taking advantage of the, the NLI and we're seeing a lot with, what is it? Izzo's or Izzo's burritos. Yes, so one, one to know what is your go-to order? What do you have on your, your go-to burrito there? Uh, go-to burrito is a super shrimp and steak, half and half, with refried beans and Mexican rice, uh, grilled onions, lettuce, cheese, corn, cooked peanut peppers, um, illegal sauce, that's the spicy sauce, habanero sauce, and barbecue sauce. Barbecue sauce is probably one of the best sauces that I have. That's my favorite sauce, and um, every time I go, they loaded up bark sauce most most of the workers know when i go in there they know my order and they pretty much ask do you want the burrito or do you want the quesadilla and both the orders pretty much the same so that's pretty much my go-to there you go so if, if you're ever in the lsu area baton rouge make sure you stop by uh and and, and get yourself uh one of those but uh sean thanks so much for taking the time uh really appreciate it um and congratulations on the you know, nomination for Rising Star World U20 World Record. Uh, all awesome, awesome accomplishments. Uh, where where could people go if they wanted to, um, you know, learn more about you uh, or see more on, on social media? Um, really and truly, my life is pretty simple. So whatever you see on Instagram, fishing or track, that's pretty much me. Um, if you want to know me, I mainly answer all my DMs. I don't feel the need of not answering them. So I ask all of them. And if you just want to like get to know me, just ask, ask questions. What's the uh what's your handle for uh your Instagram or or whatever? Sean period mark Burrell four. And then if you go on Twitter, it'd be Sean Burrell three. Awesome. Well. Thank you so much for, for taking the time, Sean. Really do appreciate it. And thank you for everyone for listening. It's been another episode of Track World News. Uh, if you want to learn more about us or get more stuff on the show, feel free to follow us on Instagram at Track World News and make sure to leave a like uh, and review for the show. Really do appreciate it. Um, thanks for having us. Uh, have a good one. Peace.